1877, the earth moved with the power of a footballing giant. And the world was introduced to the beautiful game. People might yet win it here for Wolves. Blasting the shot. What a goal! Bully's the hero again. And a podcast is following the giant in its bid for glory at the top of what it created all those years ago. This is the 77 Club. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello and welcome to episode 90 of the 77 Club. Harry, start with the socials. The Wall 77 Club on Facebook and Instagram. At 77 Club Podcast on Twitter. Spotify, iTunes. Please write and subscribe. Dave Azapardi is here for Talking Wolves. Your socials, Dave? Uh, yeah, uh, mine are at Dave Azapardi, YouTube, Twitter, and obviously at Talking Wolves on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, and yeah, and Twitter as well. And uh, Dan Bayliss is here. Uh, hello, Wolves fans. You can follow watch, my account. Watch your Bebo, they're, mate. They're full of crap. <laughs> watch your MySpace, man. <laughs> I, I wouldn't use Twitter, but... Uh... You only use it for complaining about train journeys. <laughs> complaining about train journeys oh, and entering the odd, uh, the odd competition. <laughs> right okay well we may as well start in the Premier League a 1-1 draw against Southampton at Molyneux uh, Harry it was disappointing wasn't it I mean Wolves actually only registered one shot on goal the big elephant in the room is obviously VAR we'll come on to that later but just talk us through that team to begin with yeah well I think the, the we, we all know the team but I think the big problem that came for me was when Bennett went off injured and uh, Jesus come on I was pretty confident going to this game. We were all a bit sceptical, weren't we, that uh, Southampton might sit back, but started off. And then it's just when Vallejo come on, it just changed. And obviously it's a game about VAR. There's VAR decisions, which turned out to be correct, if you look at it, uh, and I look back on the night. But the penalty was questionable, to be honest. But yeah, I wish we could have won, because it would have shot up me to seventh, I think. so. But fair play to Southampton, they did all right. But it was our mistakes that got their goal, and uh, only ourselves to blame, really. Dan, from day one, I think I've called Vallejo a B-Tech Miranda. I've been vindicated, unfortunately, in my attitude towards him. Uh, actually had an 82% 
pass completion rate, which is which is quite decent. But he did put Connor Cody in a little bit of a difficult position for the goal, and then obviously Cody messed it up for um, Ings to come in and score. You know my sort of thing against Neto. That's gone. Yeah. Forget that. <laughs> Because this bloke Christ. is shite. <laughs> like, proper shite. Um, I've never seen anyone look so shaky on a ball. Yeah. Um, unbelievable. I cannot believe that Real Madrid ever signed him. Just it's strange horrendous. he signed a contract. Yeah. Uh, Dave, for you, uh, he posted something on Twitter and it was sort of him in action. I think in that actual picture that he posted, it looked like he was treading on the ball. There wasn't <laughs> the most brilliant photo that he could have posted but what were your thoughts on his contribution to the game well I saw uh, obviously a lot of people slagging him off and so on and then he posted that picture and everyone was like God, keep your head up Raul uh, um, Jesus rather keep going next time and they're like mm. but um, I, I don't know like I remember you know I've seen him you know on and off um, at the Reading game in the cup at home you know that's a championship a poor championship side and at times he looked shaky then I, I hate to throw a player under the bus, especially so early in the season, because he's not having a consistent run of games either. Um, but at this level, you you can't afford to be making mistakes, and that and that ball out there, uh, obviously just before Ings scored, was atrocious. To be honest, mm. he's one of those players though where he could go and throw him under the bus, but he's, he probably missed the bus. And that's, <laughs> that's where that's where we're at yeah. with Vallejo now. Maybe he ends up being like our sort of. Titus Bramble figure where the fans are like oh. wow you look embarrassingly bad but then ends up getting a run of games and being fairly solid so I know, I know that I've literally just called him shit but there is a chance that he might get some time this year so maybe he will prove himself yeah like he's got to show something because he literally come to us to try and get some game time to then break back into the Real Madrid team hasn't he that was the whole point and I mean just before he made the mistake for the goal which obviously Cody was at fault for as well he, he just gave the ball away about was it five or ten minutes before that when he's passed it across up the 18 yard box and give it away he just whenever he's on I mean against Chelsea when we lost 5-2 he was really bad as well I'm struggling to think of a game where he played well to be honest but yeah, um, but let's be honest, not, not, I think only Raul Jimenez could probably hold his head high after that game. Maybe Doherty when he came on because he got the penalty. But yeah, but it does stick out, doesn't it? The fact that when he come on, every, I just it just didn't it just felt different and it didn't feel like it was safe at the back. I think it shows like Raul, he had a good rest and I think you could tell, uh, you know, that he yeah. had that big rest, missing out on international football and just everything. He looked, he looked more energetic. Uh, but going back to Jesus, Everyone rates him behind behind the scenes. Like, um, went to the fans' parliament last week, and Kevin Farewell said he's like the the best professional he's ever he's ever worked with. Like, it's it's wow. crazy. So, um, I just hope he, I don't know. It's as I say, it's early. It's still early days, and I think uh, I'm not gonna, you know, rinse him too hard until he's like if he if he's consistently bad. That's when obviously you're gonna you're gonna have some question marks. But at this level. And where we want to be at the moment in Europe or, you know, aiming for the top seven again. You can't afford to make errors like he keeps doing. Just on that point, Dave, if you say being consistently bad, um, can you give me a game where he's been good? (laughs) 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 Um, No, but what I mean is like a consistent run of games as in like... No, it's fine. I know it's fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But like, say for argument's sake, he played against City and he was crap and then played against whoever and he was crap and then plays against Slovan and he's crap. That's when you put question marks. But it's the fact that he's getting thrown in a game, not playing for four or five games and then getting, you know, spells again. Yeah. As a professional, he should be prepared. Obviously, with Bennett starting, he probably didn't expect to, to go on so early, but you yeah. still should be prepared at that sort of level. 
Um, Dan, how many mistakes does Connor Cody need to make before he's dropped? I don't think he was that horrendous. Fair enough, there was a massive cock-up in there, but he's looked a hell of a lot better in the last few weeks, don't you think? Yeah. I asked you the question. I asked the question. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. And you dare come back and ask me. (laughs) It was a a sideways classic politician-style pass because... I love. We all like Connor Cody, and he had a bad start to the station. I think he's sort of proven himself right in the last few weeks and been pretty solid, but then had a bad mistake. Um, I think there were bigger issues in the game against Southampton where we didn't take our chances, we controlled large amounts of possession in the first half and didn't get the credit for it, and then got screwed over by um, some videos. So, you know, it, there's a lot more to look at than that single mistake, and I think he's still solid enough that he's not going to lose his place. I think the worry is with Cody, when he hasn't got like two proper good centre-halves next to him, i.e. Bennett and then Bolly, and then if it's like Sace and Bolly, he does look very vulnerable. When it's Vallejo there, or you know, basically when Vallejo's there, to be honest, um, he just <laughs> looks like he's just he struggles. You know what I mean? I think Bolly and Bennett and Sace, whichever the three of them are in there with him, do cover a lot of his uh, weaknesses, to be honest. And then he can do what he does well and do his little pings and obviously... Demand like command from the back with his uh, leadership. So that's what happens in good football, isn't it? Though good football is playing to people's strengths within your team. Mm. If someone has got a weakness, then you work around that. That that's the top level of football that we're playing. He's probably at. he's probably that worried that Vallejo is going to make a mistake next to him. He's concentrating on his game more than his own. So then maybe that's why he makes mistakes sometimes. Dave, Dave, there's certainly improvements there, aren't there, compared to last season? Because I think we probably would have lost that game last season going 1-0 down and sitting back for what was essentially sort of like 40 minutes but actually managing to um, make something of it and take the point yeah and you know you've you know as you say this time last season we struggled to get back into games especially when we're going down Um, and the fact that you know we had two goals chalked out um, you know we could have just given up there Uh, but we did well obviously going back to the Cody thing as well um, yeah it's a mistake um, but you know, I, I, even at Sunday league level, I, I remember everyone used to blame the defenders when you concede. But what about you know your attackers uh, who aren't contributing and aren't scoring goals? You, everyone is like Cody. I, everyone raved about him after City. I thought he was great at City, and then yeah, the one mistake. Too. A lot of it happens. It happens every game, really. People are very quick to jump back on on you know onto the back of players. So he has improved. And it's no secret that we could definitely get a better player there, you know. But at the moment, he's what we've got. And I I, I dare say we haven't got someone else that could play that sweeper role. But I saw Ryan Bennett pinging a couple of passes against Reading there a few weeks ago as well. So, <laughs> um, but yeah, I think, you know, he's the best we've got in that sort of role. It's obvious that Nuno wants to play in a certain way. Um, but yeah, you know, we had one shot on target all game. I know we've said Raul's played quite good, but I heard, a, you know, Adama wasn't great first half either. Um, and it took until sort of Jota to come on to, to sort of liven the game up a little bit. Jota looked good. It, it, that's very true. He was tenacious when he came on, wasn't he, Dan? Yeah, he really did. He got, he got he looked like old Jota, um, which is good. But against a poor sort of Southampton backline. Traore was nullified, wasn't he, really? I think Bertrand yeah. got the measure of him and he's also got pace as well. Exactly that. And... Um... I thought, I thought they kind of doubled up on him, didn't they? I think it was Redmond in front as well. So, yeah, yeah it, was. Um, it was good tactically by them. They'd obviously seen what Traore had done at City, pretty much like won us the game and they on. So, he's been our threat this season. He's been one of our best players. So, they've obviously tactically set up well against him. And Bertrand's a good left-back, isn't he? He's a good player. So, fair play to him for that. And it just wasn't his day, but yeah. 
one thing I would like to say on the back of that is I agree with what Harry said. They they set up to do a job very well. But when we had the amount of dominance and possession we did have in the first half, I think we were sort of looking at each other in the stand going, well, we're going to do these lot. You know, it's, it's coming, it's coming, it's coming. That's what Wolves need to start doing is taking advantage of being the better team. And we aren't doing that yet. If we start scoring a couple of early goals, it's going to be a, that would have been a very, very different game. How often has it been though, since Nuno came in that like, you know, a couple of days before a game, we said, right, we've we've like we've owed a team a four or five nil thrashing. You know, we come in <laughs> and like even before the Southampton game, people say to me like, it's been a long time coming. We're gonna we need to. It's about time we knocked four or five goals past teams. We've got the ability to do that, and the domination that Wolves had in the first half, we could have knocked two or three goals past them, but we're just not we're not de- we're not devastating enough. We're not ruthless enough in front of goals sometimes. We do sort of forget a little bit that we did. Stick two past them. Uh, yeah, but we didn't, did we? Because they rolled out. But <laughs> the last game I really remember watching with Wolves, thinking this should be four, five, six, was West Ham at home last year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and it was three, wasn't it? So yeah, Fabianski kept him in that game as well. Really? Oh yeah, massively. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That could have been a cricket score, but we haven't really dominated a team properly since. We probably have. We've beaten teams convincingly, but not to that level of being completely outclassing them. Just on the point of goalkeepers there, um, Patricio saved well from Ward-Prowse. We obviously highlighted his um, set-piece ability last week and um, saved well when the game was in the balance. Um, you know, he, he looks more and more assured uh, every week, I think, and his kicking seems to be getting slightly better. He's definitely worked on it, hasn't he? He saved us a few points this season, Patricio, yes, somebody yeah. saves. And just in terms of a, a man in the match shout, start with you, Dave. Uh, probably Raul. Um, I think the work rate and so on obviously uh, got that penalty in the end as well on another day could have had a hat trick uh, but yeah I'll go with Raul Harry? Uh, I think Var got man of the match to be honest <laughs> how, how much he was involved <laughs> nah it's got to be Raul yeah um, yeah he, I mean I mean, he could, his head could have gone down couldn't it so yeah, yeah he did um, well Bayless. to carry on him and Jota for his little cameo as well um, we really do need to address the elephant in the room the big TV screen elephant though <laughs> Well, I mean, you look back at it and you go, well, the decisions were correct. Uh, the only thing I, I would say is that why Jimenez got booked for a handball and Mane didn't uh, in the Manchester United versus Liverpool game for, for pretty much the same thing. It, it It's the inconsistencies for things that shouldn't be inconsistent. They do anymore. not know how to run it. Not so much our game, but it's across the Premier League. It's got to go, Var. I mean, I've, I've had enough of it already. It's, it's just been in the ground. All we're doing is watching a goal go in and then we're just looking up at the screens. Keep getting a bad neck looking up at that bloody screen to see if it's a goal or not. <laughs> so it's just doing my head in. And obviously the second goal at the time, I even saw, I went down for a wee and I, I saw on the screen and I looked and I still couldn't see it was offside. But I mean, back in the day, it used to be clear daylight, didn't it? The offside rule, but obviously things change. And the penalty, though it is penalty, if that was against Wolves, I'd have been a bit disheartened with that I thought that was mm. that was questionable VAR is becoming more about whatever referees in the bloody video room making the decisions than the actual technology it's still down to a referee's opinion and it's still causing major controversy where when there was no VAR I think they got 90% of decisions right anyway so you may as well just go back to having no VAR and having the odd cock up every now and then because it's, it's controversial every weekend now with VAR it's mad bang on Harry bang on that's the point isn't it there's, it's subjective anyway. They On these offsides, these two, three millimetres that they're now getting correct, so what? Everyone goes to a football game to want to see goals, to want to be entertained. I don't want to celebrate, stop, turn around, look at a screen, wait five minutes, then it gets chalked off. It's just, it's not, it's not the reason we go and watch football every week and why we enjoy the game. 
Do you think there needs a little bit of clarity of clear and obvious? Yeah, yeah but I don't it's know, there to man. do the massive cockups. It's there. Not the Man United game. The Rashford goal. They're checking a foul that happened like three phases ago, whatever it was. Things like that. Like Jack mentioned it on WhatsApp. He said on WhatsApp, he said, I mean, VAR, like they got it right with the Liverpool handball. Um, was it Firmino? I can't remember who scored it, but he handballed it as he took it down. Right, yeah. But for the Rashford goal, they're looking back at something that happened, what, a minute ago, whatever it was. And just things like that. Just get it out. I mean, I mean, some of the decisions this week in the Premier League, there was that one where it said no goal on the screen, but the ref gave a goal anyway. It's just it's all over the shot. Yeah. Um, I'm literally going to repeat what I said in the podcast earlier this year. Rugby did it and they realised they were... Tr- cancelling out so many tries because they were looking at tiny little things through phases of play going back and back and the fans were like well it's ruining the sport what's the point and they they've brought it back a long way from that now maybe maybe VAR is at its extreme biggest trial end point and it's going to come back to being just clear and obvious errors because what's the it's just pointless at the moment it is pointless I would rather lose to a hand of God style handball than the situation we are now in because at least we'd have more points at the World Cup, it was. I think everyone agreed that it was a good thing and it was time to be introduced. So I don't know what's happened. Do you know why I think it worked? Yeah, Sam. Do you know why I think it worked in the World Cup? Someone said it. I was listening to the radio and someone made a great refs, point. <laughs> <laughs> well, the referees would always run over to the dugout and look at the screen. Whereas the referees no, no in the Premier speaks. League now, yeah. they just speak to a bloke in their ear and they can't be bothered to run over and have a look for themselves. So, well, not one monitor's been checked so far in the Premier League. Exactly. God, just run over and have a look yourself instead of arguing with a bloke on your bloody earpiece said the man with the earpiece arguing <laughs> there you go, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> uh, we'll leave Southampton behind then uh, we'll head for Newcastle away in the Premier League nah, um, just well, not chronologically first, not chronologically but first, <laughs> but first we'll talk Slavan Bratislava Telly works in radio, can't you? Classic save there. Hi, I'm Steve Ball, and you're listening to the 77 Club. This is a game behind closed doors, so obviously nobody's going to be able to see it, apart from the 21,000 people who are inside the ground in Slovakia. Uh, nothing says no to racism like letting everybody in the ground. Um, a ridiculous situation. We, we've spoken about it on previous podcasts, and it's something that UEFA need to look at. The rules are obviously being broken or bent um, in order to sort of actually get people in the ground where they're not supposed to be in there. But aside from that, Harry's really looking forward to it. You're off work now, aren't you, Harry? I've got some yeah. breaking so... news, Sam. Breaking news. Excellent. Oh, no. It'll be about 10 hours old by the time it, will it comes be ten, out. It'll be, yeah, it could be days it, yeah. old by someone, old, someone. We'll call someone. it old news. It's, it's new old news to us. So as we're on the point of behind closed doors, um, a tweet's just gone out. It is now about half eight. On the twenty second, we were recording yeah, this half Tuesday nine night. Before you tell us what it is, <laughs> uh, yeah, it's um, stewards at the Tottenham game tonight at Tottenham are surrounding a, gr- a load of Red Star Belgrade fans who are banned for racism. So they've got themselves in a couple of hundred of them. You can wow. check the tweet out. Oh my god, so Abs- it can be done. We've got hope, absolute lads. Absolute joke. Yeah, but they are racists. <laughs> oh, I suppose. Yeah, but we're getting punished. Oh, I know. Well, we've only got twenty odd thousand here. Um, I. From the from the side, like, we we don't like the situation, and, and it is what it is. So we'll concentrate on what's going to be happening on the pitch. So Dave, we'll just start with what sort of team you're going to be putting out if you had to. Uh, be an interesting one, really, because I sort of uh, hoped Wolves would start with a, a three up top again against uh, Southampton with the wingers, um, and I expected us to do that. Uh, but I just hope I, d- I just hope 
that the victory against Man City doesn't think or doesn't hopefully after that victory Nuno doesn't think oh that's my go-to formation again I'll just stick with that because I think it's good that we had the two formations I think when we had the three up top we looked okay against Watford we looked okay against Palace when we used it and I think you could go to that uh, 5-3-2 when you're playing the bigger size like City because you've got more you know you're more solid in the middle that's why I think Against Southampton, a team that's so poor defensively, I'm surprised that he didn't go more attacking with the with the forwards. So um, I think against uh, Bratislava, I'd do that. Um, bring Doc back in, put Adama uh, more attacking. Uh, Jimenez or Catroni and maybe Jota maybe, uh, on the left, maybe even Neto if fit. Um, <laughs> I see Dan's face there. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I'd go as strong as we can, but I'd go attacking as well. Uh, Harry, do you second that? Yeah, um, I don't know what he's going to do, but our Slo- like Slovan, they've started off really well, haven't they? They've won and they've drew. No one expects them to win the first game. Got a decent draw against Braga. They've got their biggest attendance of the season behind them now with a full house uh, after being <laughs> racist. So maybe that'll give them a boost. So are we going to go there and do what we did against City, soak it up and hit them on the break? Or are we going to go there and be on the front foot? That's the question. In my head, I thought Slovan and Bratislava were the worst team in the group. So... Hopefully he sets a team up to go and attack him. But he's going to change it, isn't he? Let's be honest, he's going to change it. Maybe he might put Adama up top with uh, Raul, drop Catrone because he hasn't really been firing, has he? Bring Doherty back in. Maybe play the the 3-4-3. I like that. Obviously, it worked the first half against Palace. So it's all down to Nuno and we never know what he's going to do, do we? But hopefully he gets it right. Bayliss, win this, is it one foot in the next round? Uh, it's not one foot, but you're getting your toe over the threshold, aren't you? It's definitely a step that three points is what we need here. If we had a bad one first up, so it's an obvious statement, isn't it? Oh, let's go there and win. But um, I would be going as strong as we possibly can. I like four, uh, three, four, three as well. I actually agree with what both the lads said, except Neto. Um, <laughs> obviously. Uh, score, score prediction, Dave. Two nil Wolves. Harry. It's going to come in, lads. Four one Wolves. And Bayless. Two nil Wolves as well. I'm going to go 2-1 Wolves. Okay, uh, we'll now move on to Premier League action, which will be on Sunday due to the Europa League. And your away perspective comes from the True Faith podcast. The away perspective. What have our opponents got to say? Join me now is Norman from True Faith podcast. Norman, how's it going? Very well, mate. Um, probably not as good as you in terms of the football, but um, <laughs> on, a, on a personal level, can't complain, mate. Now, I, before we get into the nitty-gritty of Newcastle versus Wolves, just want to get the true faith sort of side of it, VAR, if I can. Right. I'll Which... put a disclaimer out. My views do not necessarily represent the views <laughs> of the whole organisation because <laughs> it is something that we've debated. Um, mm-hmm. as, a, as a group, obviously, there are a variety of opinions, as you can imagine. I'm sure that's the, the same with you and your uh, lads and lasses. Um, yeah. Personally, I'm undecided... The 2018 World Cup, um, when they were using VR during the group stages, I thought it worked quite well. Um, and I can understand why FIFA have implemented it at the top level. Um, there is that much money involved in the game now that one bad call from a referee can obviously impact financially to the tune of millions of pounds. So, you know, it, it's very much a, a symptom of, of the elite level of uh, football now and the, the finances involved. But obviously, some of the decisions that VAR has been involved in this season have been controversial, to say the least. Um, 
I think the Son disallowed goal at Leicester for me was just absolutely mind-boggling. I mean, it was literally an eyebrow here. I think that was offside. Mm. Um, and, you know, I, I think already it's not, it's it been shown not to be foolproof. I think we all thought it was going to be foolproof and it hasn't. I mean, you, obviously Wolves, you, you have had um, issues with it yourself. Um, yeah. One one thing I do like about Nuno is that he's very, um, he's very kind of ambivalent about it. I'm not ambivalent necessarily, sorry. He's very, um, he just takes it as it. He just takes yeah, he it does, as it yeah. is. I, I think kind of people like Nuno and Guardiola they kind of accept that it's part of the part of the game. Pochettino as well. Um, but from a fan's perspective, obviously that it's it's weird on, on the psychological side of things. Um, you're, you're getting fans celebrating as if they've scored a goal when a VAR decision goes in their favour and the goal isn't given. It's and, and obviously it has an impact on celebration themselves. You're going to get to a stage where players, I think, sometimes are going to be hesitant to celebrate until they've had the goal confirmed, which again, it takes out a bit of that kind of instant magic that you get at football. Um, so I, at the moment, undecided. Uh, come back to me when Newcastle have had a controversial bar decision as we, we haven't had one yet. <laughs> I think Nuno is doing it in the hope that one day it will go for Wolves. That's uh, <laughs> what he's doing. But yeah, you're absolutely right. Is it come to a stage for you yet? And I, I haven't had it yet where I've been hesitant in celebrating a goal yet. Well, for, for me, mate, Newcastle have to start scoring goals. To celebrate, so <laughs> that's, that's a very good point. Um, but no, I mean, I think, I think the, the our generation of football fan, my, my generation, you know, um, people who've been going to matches for sort of you know ten years plus, I think it'll take a while for for that to to, to set in. Um, the kind of looking at the referee at the moment that the the goal, the ball's in the back of the net to see if he's kind of indicating that he's going to check with the VAR, looking at the reaction of the players, I think you're still going to have that instant kind of celebration. Um, yeah. You know, a bit, a bit like you do when when a goal, when, a, when the ball hits a net and it's offside, you celebrate and then all of a sudden you realise Alainton's got his flag up and you're kind of, oh. Yeah. But um, I think fans coming through, it's going to be interesting to watch because obviously they're going to get, you know, you've got like five, six, seven, eight-year-olds going to football matches now. Ten years time, they're probably going to be completely utterly socialised into hmm. into looking for signs that we don't necessarily look for at the moment, um, and that that makes it it does make me sad that we might get to a stage where we're, we're hesitant to celebrate goals immediately, um, hmm. and also I suppose the impact's a bit like um, player celebration. So you know, obviously years ago, players were, were booked for taking their tops off, booked for over exuberant celebrations, and I, I hate all of that. I think. If somebody scores a goal, especially in a high pressure match, and celebrates by whipping that top off and running around and going mad, that, that to me, you know, that that's that that outpouring of emotion that football brings. Um, so I suppose I can really compare it to that, and I'd be really sad if we got to a stage where, you know, you're, you're kind of checking before you're celebrating. I don't know how you feel about that. Yeah, well, like I say, I haven't got to that stage quite yet. But I mean, if it, I suppose if it keeps happening, it, there has to come a point where you you think, oh, it's it's not going to be. But it's interesting to see another perspective of it. Obviously, you haven't had it go against you quite as much, which which is great because that means you're actually uh, playing football properly. So that's that's a good oh, thing. Really? Uh, <laughs> it means that we're not creating chances, mate. <laughs> well, let's talk about Newcastle, shall we? Pretty. Well, in different starts of the season, really, wins have actually come against teams that finished in the top six last season. I guess you'd rather win those games against teams around you. I think you can probably count Wolves as one of those teams, only three points in it at this stage of the season at the moment. How are Newcastle going into this game? It's interesting what you've just said there, because obviously, you know, you, you mentioned that we'd rather win games around us. And um, Alex Hurst, who's part of True Faith, he's written an article, um, I believe it's going to be going up in the next 24 hours, 
comparing our relegation seasons under McLaren and then obviously the debacle 2008-9 where we had Joe Kinnear in charge and looking at the how the results played out and, and under McLaren we got a lot more points against the top eight sides um, than we did the bottom eight whereas under Rafa I think last season against the eight sides around us we managed to pick up 30-odd points um, and that's what's really important because if you're not picking up points from the teams around you you know, you you lose a game against a team that's two or three places below you or above you. It, it to a certain extent, it's almost like it, it can sometimes bring more or less a six point swing. Um, they're the games that you really you really can't afford to see them win against you because you know it, it just it furthers that gap. Whereas the, the top sides, as great as it is to to beat Spurs away, um, I would say Man United, but they're not really a great side, are they? They they they're, they're around us. Man yeah, are around yeah. us, right? Um, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So yeah. it. it <laughs> It's it's really important that we start performing against sides around us. Now, Watford, Brighton, both utterly atrocious performances at home. Norwich City, we had a terrible performance. Um, even Leicester, to a certain extent, we were doing well. But the last two seasons prior to this one, we've beaten them both times. Um, and you mentioned Wolves, three points above us, but that's not a true reflection of the disparities in ability between the two squads and certainly between the two managers. I don't think Wolves are going to finish the season three points above or three points below Newcastle United. I think it's going to be significantly above. Um, however, obviously, and I hate to say it, the European aspect of your season is to a certain extent going to have a bit of an impact on your league form just because of the sheer amount of games and the, the lack of turnaround. You get, obviously, Man City result away aside. Um, the, the fact that you're going to Slovakia on Thursday and we've got you on Sunday, I, I do hope that we can kind of take advantage of that ever so slightly. Um, we've got to be looking to get a point out of this and a good performance. Um, but you're an excellent side and you've got an excellent manager, so it's going to be a very, very tough game. I don't consider Wolves, despite the league position at the moment, to be one of those sides around us. I'm looking at teams being around us by the end of the season and Wolves will not be in the bottom eight, I shouldn't think. You've got a couple of talents in that midfield. Lots of people talking about those Longstaff brothers. And how is how are they acclimatising to playing with each other at this level? Well, it's only Matty only played his second game against um, Chelsea on Saturday, and I was there, and I thought the pair of them were okay. The reality is they were up against um, a very good Chelsea midfield. Um, Jorginho was excellent for the first half and they kind of worked out what he was doing they nullified him which is testament to their intelligence of being able to, to adapt to the game as it's progressing um, but Kovacic uh, came on and, and he just ran the show but against Man United they were fantastic and, and obviously last season Sean Longstaff broke through in January um, he I, well I mean I, I did not even don't think he wasn't going to be part of Rafa's plans but due to injury suspensions um, Shelby being incapable of performing in the side Longstaff was given his chance and he was absolutely superb. And obviously you you would have seen the ridiculous amounts of money that were being bandied around when Man U were sniffing in the summer. Mm. Um, there's a lot of potential there, a hell of a lot of potential. Um, whether he realises it or not under the current coaching structure is you know is, is to be seen. But the two of them together, um, they're, they're brothers, but they're completely different players. Um, both have got fantastic engines on them. They're both capable of, of playing a kind of box-to-box role. But I would say that... Um, Matty's the more combative of the two, whereas Sean's kind of more of the the, the assured playmaker. Um, but they're both very young. And obviously, if we're going to be playing a full season with a 19-year-old and a 21-year-old in the centre midfield in the Premier League, we are going to have problems. There's a serious lack of experience there. Regardless of, the, of their ability, we still need that to be supplemented by experience. And that's what we're lacking at the moment. 
it's only really been the odd goal that's uh, the the games have actually finished with the Newcastle this this season so far. The odd one nil either way that it seems. You think this one will be a low scoring one? Well, you see, and then I mean, Leicester five nil, Norwich three one, three. They, they were the, the exception that proves the rule, of course, Norman. <laughs> but um, you, you, I mean, you're right. I mean, Chelsea away on Saturday, we were defensively solid. The, the three performances this season where we've looked fantastic at the back, i.e., how we used to look under Rafa, um, Spurs away, Man U at home, and Chelsea away. So if we can replicate that defensive discipline, that defensive solidity, the, the work rate then it will be low scoring. The problem that we've got is that whilst we may limit you to zero goals or one goal, it's the chances that we create. And unfortunately, at the moment, we're just not creating chances. And just finally, a score prediction? A score prediction? I'm going to say ones each. One with each. us equalising in injury time of injury time to get a bit of revenge on you. <laughs> yeah, you owe us that one, don't you? Well, Norman, <laughs> thank you for joining us on the 77 Club and best of bad luck for the weekend. Uh, equally thank you the away perspective what have our opponents got to say a good in-depth away perspective there Harry Norman's a great guy um, you know lots said on various aspects of, of the game I just get, want to get your thoughts on it now because obviously it's one that you hold quite close to your heart obviously it's somewhere your dad lives you know yeah. it's a footballing area because there's nowhere else to go and do anything <laughs> and uh, just give us your thoughts First of all, I thought that's probably the best away perspective we've had so far. I thought he was brilliant, Norman. Um, and like you say, they're so knowledgeable, the Geordies, because it is their passion, isn't it? The club. <laughs> it is. It's yeah, what they yeah. do. Um, sure. But we'll leave that because last time Bayliss mentioned this last podcast, we had Newcastle. My dad rang me up wanting to kill him. So we'll move on. But yeah, uh, tough <laughs> game away week. at Newcastle. Uh, let's be like, like Norman said, they've had three games this year where they've defended like unbelievably away at Tottenham. Obviously, beat Man United 1-0 at home as well but they have had absolute hidings haven't they so what we do I don't know because he mentioned they never hardly score so will the tactic of us going there and doing our classic soaking up anything on the counter will it work because they'll probably be the other end of the pitch waiting for us to run at them as well so be interesting to see what we do obviously Slovan's going to be a big factor on that what what we're going to be like after that with injuries and fatigue and whatever so but it's a huge game it's the same as Southampton. We win. We're flying up towards the top seven again. We lose. Newcastle suck us down towards them. They're in 18th at the moment. We're only three points ahead of them. So, important game. I mean, I think we need to get the win, really. Uh, Bayliss, both sides aren't freely scoring at the moment. And it looks like there's going to be that midfield battle, which might sway it either way. They've got the, the two Longstaff brothers in there. Um, do they have the edge being brothers, that they've got that sort of weird bond? No, because our two centre midfielders have got hundreds of international caps between them um, and class is permanent and their little purple patch at the start of this year is going to be temporary. They are not <laughs> They are not a very good team, Newcastle. They are, oh God, I fancy jinxed that, it now, mate. I fancy they're going to go down. I'm wow. going to really jinx it. I fancy they're going to go down. I don't think they're a very good team. They're one of the worst I've seen in the league having watched all the teams play a little bit. We're going to lose 2-0. It's just absolutely <laughs> written in the stars. Um, oh, I should have seen Dave's face then. Uh, mm. Dave, um, we've already beaten them this season, of course, in the Asia oh, Trophy. Yeah. So there's one win under the belt for against Newcastle. Uh, can we do it again? Uh, you'd hope so. As you say, it's, it would be typical Wolves not to do, to get anything out of the game. But I think we played pretty well against them both times last season. Of course, 
Um, we left it late at St James's Park last year, but I think we were the better team, deserved something. Uh, but I think they're a much weaker side um, than that. You know, they had the likes of Jose Perez, Rondon as well. Those two causing all sorts of problems. Yeah, they've got uh, Joe Linton now up top, but other than that, you know, even he he's not really you know um, firing. Uh, so I think we should we should get something out of the game to be honest. And just a score prediction, Harry. Uh... We left it late in both games, didn't we? Actually, I remember we scored last minute. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, oh, I don't know. I'm going to have to go confident. Repeat of last year there. 2 1 Wolves. Got to come on. And Dave? Yeah, 2 1 as well. And Bailey, she's sticking with your 2 0 loss. Oh, yeah, it's just, it's absolute sod's law. No, I completely agree. <laughs> <laughs> um, also, just on the note of, um, of the home games, did anyone uh sample any of the fan park at the Southampton game. We we walked past we it, didn't, didn't we? Quite, we? Yeah, it's a bit. We didn't see it. Is, but... is it something that will grow? Do you reckon? Uh, you know, they they've introduced it in the coldest uh, season of the the year. You know, so it might, <laughs> yeah, it might work. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's good. Yeah, um, maybe bovrels all round. Um, so uh, in that case, um, hopefully we'll see you next week if we survive Bratislava, or I somehow make my way back by myself. We're not doing tickets for is... betting. Oh, yeah, sorry, actually. It's <laughs> going well today. Better odds and ticket news, actually. Uh, let's get your latest betting odds and ticket news. Hi, I'm Cammy, Chris Kamara. You're listening to the 77 Club, and it's unbelievable, Jeff. Yes, and uh, due to the awful timing this week, because we've got to fly to sunny Bratislava, very sunny Bratislava, in fact. I haven't looked at some photos from fans out there already. Um, I haven't got any specialist betting odds from our partners over at fansbet.com. Uh I'm going to get some. I will post them all over the socials or I'll give Harry to post them all over the socials because I live in about 1812. Um, but I've got some ticket news. I have got Ooh, some ticket, ticket fan. news. Yeah, unfortunately, Jack is away this week. Um, I think he's gone to a ticket fans conference somewhere. <laughs> it is huge, actually. It is, um, it is there's massive. at least eight of them that go. There are, yeah. Um, yeah. It's pretty simple. It's actually sponsored by Virgin Media as well. So. <laughs> it's quite fitting. Very fitting. Uh, runs down as follows Newcastle away sold out Villa in the cup away sold out Arsenal away sold out but there is one wheelchair space available if you do find yourself as a disabled person or in a wheelchair Slaven at home there are about 100 tickets left so and that's, and that's on general okay. sale so yeah. if you are a fan with a support number and you're still Slaven away it's behind closed doors Seven away is Let it go, Harry. Let it go. In quotation unless you, marks. Unless you're a school child or a militant racist that wants to watch the game from <laughs> Slovakia. Either or both. Both are fine. Um, actually, we go together, actually. The Villa at home game, the website's saying there's the last few tickets available. I went on that a go and I couldn't find one anywhere, so I'm yeah. guessing it is sold out. Uh, same story as always, ticket fans. Jack will be back next week and do a proper job of it. Hi, I'm Kelly, Chris Kamara. You're listening to the 77 Club, and it's unbelievable, Jeff. Okay, right, in that case, uh, we will say goodbye to Dan Bayliss. Goodbye, Wolves fans. And Harry Mansell. See you on the Dubliner in Bratislava. And Dave is going to play Level Up. You're going to have to have a word with Harry about this, because, uh, like he says, he's done your questions. And he sold me short. Are they, he, are well, they I can't say. I mean, you, you might you might be all right. Never know. Just depends how clever you are. Go on. So there are uh, five Wolves questions, and that will alternate with five sport questions. If you get one, if you answer a question, you get it right, you move up a level. And if you get them wrong, you move down a level. And you can pass on a question, you'll stay where you are. 
Understand? I I understand, yep. Perfect. Well, then, let's play Level Up. Let's play Level Up. Who did Wolves sign Mark Kennedy from? Oh, man. I know, right? I do not have a clue. I've got a, I've got a weird feeling. It's Manchester City. Level one. Up he goes. Oh, Level yeah. one. That's a Get good start, isn't it, Dave? That's a good gamble. Uh, number two. Who did Anthony Joshua beat in April 2016 to win his first world title? IBF. Not a clue, so I'm going to pass. You're going to pass? It was Charles Martin. Yeah, I wouldn't have Yeah, we, we stay on level one. <laughs> Third question. Wolf's question. On September the 26th, 1998, Steve Ball scored his last ever Wolves goal. Who was it against? I should know this. This should be like general... Oh. Are you um, familiar with Steve Ball? I, I, I am, just about. <laughs> um, I'm going to pass, I don't have a clue. You know, pass, it was Berry. Yeah, I wouldn't have got that. No, it exist, man. Yeah. Uh, number four, still on level one. In the 2004 Olympics in Athens, which Team GB woman athlete won a gold medal in both the 800 metres race and the 1500 metres? Yeah, with Kelly Holmes. Level two. Kelly Holmes, up he goes. Ooh, Level two. Kelly. Of course, Dame Kelly now. Uh, Wolf question. Yell Van Dam made only six appearances, scoring one goal for Wolves in the 2010-2011 season. But who did he leave us for? If I don't gamble, I'm not going to get it. So I'm going to go <laughs> with... He left us for... I'm pretty sure he came from them. I'm going to say Anderlecht. I think it, I've got a feeling there might be Red Star, but I'm going to go with Andy. Level one. Oh, Danny goes to level one. Oh, standard Liège. Oh, yeah, I wouldn't have got that. Over in Belgium, of course. Uh, England rugby last won the World Cup in 2003. That's immense. Beating hosts Australia 2017 with a stoppage time drop goal. Who scored that drop goal? Johnny Wilkinson. Level two. We've seen it on repeat, haven't we? Up to you guys, level two <laughs> over the last couple of weeks. Uh, question number seven. Dean Saunders' first game in charge of Wolves was a 1-1 draw with Blackburn at Molyneux. Who scored the wall- goal for Wolves that day? I think it's uh, Roger Johnson. Level three. Oh, nicely done, Dave. Up he goes. Level three. This is good. Good, strong finish. In 1988, in Kagari... Which famous British ski jumper famously finished last in both the 70 metres and 90 metres jump events? Eddie the Eagle. Level four. It is. Up he goes, level four. You seen the film? Yes, I have. Quite good, actually. Good film. Question number nine. Wolves survived by the skin of their teeth back in May 2011, despite losing 3-2 to Blackburn. Stephen Hunt famously got the second goal but who scored Wolves first goal oh no <laughs> oh no I'm gonna I'm gonna take a gamble I'm gonna go with Kevin Doyle level three. Oh, Danny goes level three now no pressure Dave but the rest of the 77 clubs so Harry Jack and Bayliss both got four on their level oh, I've got so if you get this if you get this right yeah you will be level and you'll be doing the 77 Club Proud. Come on, the boys. And I think it's gettable. It is. Muhammad Ali is the most famous boxer to have ever lived. What was his name from birth before he changed it to Muhammad Ali due to religious reasons? I think 
Oh, I'm going to look like an idiot if I get this wrong. Cassius Clay? Level four. Up he goes, Golf. level four. Nicely done, Dave. Well, there you go. Four out of ten. It's a reasonable score. It pretty much par for the course. Obviously, uh, Aaron over in America is leading the way on seven. And to be honest, Dave, I got completely screwed over by Bayless. I only got two because they're the most <laughs> difficult questions in the world, obviously. Um, but thank you for playing Level Up. Thank you for coming on the 77 Thank Club you very much. Two. Um, and just remind us again where we can go and see your Talking Wolves content. Yeah, so it's Talking Wolves on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook and YouTube. Perfect. And uh, it's a goodbye from Dave. Goodbye. And it's a goodbye from me. Goodbye. The 77 Club. The Wolves podcast for the Gold and Black Army. Sports Social Podcast Network. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.